0: All right, here we go. Welcome to this edition of the Showcasing College Baseball podcast powered by College Recruit Prep. I'm your host, Ross Hawley, and I want to thank you for spending some time with us wherever you might be watching or listening from. If this is your first time with us, welcome. Go give us a follow on our Facebook group page at Showcasing College Baseball or visit us on the World Wide Web at collegerecruitprep.com. On today's episode, I had the great opportunity to sit down with the president and CEO of the National Junior College Athletic Association, Dr. Christopher Parker. Dr. Parker has been the head guy at the NJCAA since 2017 and is one of the most recognizable executives in all of college sports. Couple that with the fact that he's a former NCAA Division I baseball player and coach. And it's safe to say Dr. Parker is one of the most knowledgeable and well-versed individuals in the world of college recruiting. With that said, here's my interview with Dr. Christopher Parker. All right. Dr. Parker, Dr. Christopher Parker, uh, the president and CEO of the NJCAA, National Junior College Athletics Association. Dr. Parker, I gotta say this, man. I am, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, and and I I mentioned as we were talking briefly before, before the podcast, um, I didn't realize you have such an amazing baseball background. So I'm pumped for you to be talking, you know, in your administrative role as a CEO of the NJCAA, but also relate it with your, your, your baseball experience. I mean, guys, for everybody listening to this, Dr. Parker was a uh, college baseball player, a division one college baseball player. Uh, He coached at the division one level. Um, He has been there, done that. And, and I saw uh, Dr. Parker that you, you uh, you guys, you had, you played on a team that took a top 10 finish at the NBC man. And, And anybody that knows anything about, uh college summer baseball knows that the nbc world series of wichita is is the event so that said thank you very much dr parker for taking your time today uh and and joining the podcast uh we're we're super excited to have you
1: i'm excited to be here Uh, i look forward to the conversation yeah i'm a baseball guy that's uh that's me i I correlate i correlate everything in life to baseball so when uh, when people in the office get tired of me correlating baseball but but i do (laughs) I think my wife
0: feels the same way too. I, I, I do the same. Uh, okay. So coach, uh, well, I'll, I'll say Dr. Parker. I say coach because you are a coach call, too. call me, call uh, me, call
1: me whatever's best.
0: Yeah, man. So, so I want to get into this and, and the, 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 the first, you know, question or, or comment I have for you is I kind of want to, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw these questions up for you so you can see them, but I, I kind of want to just dig in. And for those of, of, of those people that are watching this and they have no idea what the NJCA, uh, NJCAA is, introduce us uh, and just tell us a little bit about your mission, your programs, and your opportunities, please.
1: Yeah, our motto is opportunities start here. And, uh, you know, people people hear the term JUCO. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of negative uh, stigmatism around the word JUCO. And what, what our big goal is to get people to understand right now, going to a two year college is the best ROI on higher education you can get and wow. the cost of, the cost of it and the fact that you know we have three divisions 1 2 and 3 and you can get scholarships at division 1 you can get scholarships at division 2 II. division 3 you're not getting athletic scholarships but if you walk into that college I guarantee you they're going to meet your need as a student because you're still eligible for federal state institutional academic aid whatever that may be and and so a lot of times people kind of overlook Overlook that because, you know, we haven't been the prominent uh, face of, of college athletics when it comes to TV and and media. But this year, we're you know we're we have our first big ESPN deal, and you know That's we up. will be our, our D one baseball and softball championships will be on ESPN plus. We have our own channel on ESPN now, so oh, starting to tell that story. But when you take take the sport of baseball. And for as long as somebody can imagine, the NJCAA has dominated the Major League Baseball draft. And that's because you can go to one of our schools for a year or two years and still get drafted. Where if you enter NCAA school, you got to be there three years before you can get drafted. And when you start throwing around names such as Andy Pettit, Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens, Mike oh. Piazza, Jim Tomy, yeah. uh, Albert Pujols, yeah. Bryce Harper, you just go down the list and people are like, what, they played uh, juco baseball? Yes, they did. And most of them, that's the only level of college baseball they ever played. And it starts to change the, the thought process, gives people in mind thinking, oh, wow, like I didn't, I didn't really get that. And, and again, it depends on where you are in the country. Our resources are different, but, uh, but understanding that in your backyard, there's probably a two-year college that has sports, whether that's a more of a traditional junior college with dorms, or if that's more of a commuter college that doesn't have dorms and you can live at home or you can live in apartments, whatever it is, that's still a real option. But but our our motto is opportunity start here, and, and we open the doors for for young men and women who who want to play sports.
0: Man, that's awesome, and and I man, I can't I can't agree with you more. It's I know being a baseball guy myself, I, you, we understand once you've kind of gone through it, you look back and you realize juco you realize what an excellent route that is for so many dudes and so many guys that have impacted this game went through uh, an njcaa program so excellent point um
1: i i go ahead go ahead i, I like i like to the, the 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 phenom right now is uh the savannah bananas and yeah. uh yeah i worked with jesse cole when he owned the martins and mustangs and uh you know his whole roster. I mean, you go through his roster, and most of his guys are, are NJCA guys. The, his head coach is an NJCAA coach, and uh, and we even got a chance to interview the young man who does the backflips. And you know his you know, what's your what's your story? I'm JUCO made JUCO proud, and you know man. that's 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 the stories that these guys tell. And you're like, oh well, if 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 they can if they can play NJCA baseball, well, why should not be able to play NJCA baseball?
0: I'm I'm curious. Um, because when I think I, 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 hear, I hear the term Juco bandit and that's like a badge of honor, right? If you've been there, I, I personally never did it, but if, if you've been to a junior college and you grinded through a junior college, these guys wear it like a badge of honor. So talk to me a little bit about like what that grind
1: looks like, um, being a junior college baseball player. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about the, w- w- the game doesn't change. When when you can run out there in the state of Florida and others and you, you're you facing 90 miles an hour every day, all day um, at, at every game you play, the game doesn't change. But when you have limited resources, meaning, you know, you don't have the luxurious uh, travel, you don't have, you know, the extra stuff at practice and, and you make the most of it, that's what that grind is and. And you'll find out. Uh, I'll never forget. It was a couple years ago, I guess. Mississippi State won the uh, College World Series, yeah. and uh, the following January at ABCA, I, I wasn't even going into sessions, but I was there, and uh, and and I just happened to stick my head in. And the, the head coach said, "If you want to be successful, you better have a roster of JUCO Bandits on your team because those guys Ooh. get after it." And they do. in the year, the year of COVID. Um, some, some research was done and the three, four, and five hole hitters made up 70% of the entire sec lineup of, of Juco bandits. And, and it's just, it's just unreal when you think about the progression, I, you know, I was uh, central Florida won the junior college world series division one world series last year. And I just saw that uh, a young man who kind of struggled through it just signed with Florida state and, you know, he'll be a proud Juco bandit for the rest of his life. And you ask him w- w- what made you the player you are going in JCAA and, and playing there helped me develop and help me get to what I needed to be to, to sign a scholarship to Florida state. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Dr. Parker. Um,
0: you know what I take, take me, take me through, um, you know, in pretending like, you know, this is the first time people are hearing about, you know, two year schools, new, a lot of, a lot of new, uh, members that we have on our, in our group. Um, Take me through the major differences between the NJCAA two-year options versus the four-year
1: options. Well, when it comes to your your academics, the first two years, there's nothing different. Same classes, same core curriculum. Um, You're figuring out what you really want to study, uh, that kind of thing. On the playing field, you can actually play 56 regular season games at the junior college level, and there are 24 full-ride scholarships available. There's not a – there's not a big split where you're you're sharing scholarships amongst you know 16 guys. There are 24 four yeah, yeah. rides available. Um, the big difference you'll see on the field is depending on where you are, you may get four or five games in in a weekend. Some are playing a three game series, but others are playing four games in a in a weekend series, and you're playing two or four games in the middle of the the week. So, the opportunity to shine is is there. Um, and when you when you look at the the junior college experience, we start earlier um, than everybody else. So yep. uh, there's a big event uh, that they started putting together just the last few years down in Palm Beach, Florida. Every major league franchise is sitting there with somebody there watching all of the, the young men play um, from every team there is. Uh, tomorrow, um, first weekend and second week, I guess second weekend in January, the Texas Rangers are hosting a, a JUCO yeah. event that They're all supposed to be there. And, unfortunately, with some travel plans, I couldn't make it in and out. But, again, you've got the world champion Rangers are, are hosting uh, some top JUCO teams to, to get, get things done and showcase that ability. So, understanding if you want to play, you want to get on the field, you want to make an impact, the two-year college level, you're not going to sit the bench. The coaches are asking 18-, 19-year-olds to get on the field and perform right now. And when the four-year college recruiters come around, right now the trend is portal first. Who can I find that's older, mature, and has experience? And now the second is JUCO transfers. Who do I have that has 100 100 college at-bats that can come in and make an impact for my team right now? And unfortunately, a lot of high school kids are getting left out of that four-year level right now because of that. And at the same time that's when we step in and make sure that those high school uh, individuals understand the opportunities that exist so that we can put them on the field and, and prep them for the the next level ahead. hit man that is such
0: a good point because i really don't think um I, here's what i see i see a lot of um uh families parents kids and, and they don't know what they don't know but they're so excited about the sign and the making the commitment and it's almost like they put the, the the signing over what the career looks like. And and you 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 touched on something about getting and playing. Talk expand on that for me. How crucial is it for like a if 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 baseball is my goal uh, and I want to be a successful college baseball player? How how important is it for me to get innings
1: year one? You, you have to if if that if that's what you're in it for and you wanna you wanna progress whether that progression ends you with this an awesome college career or then a possible professional career. If you're not on the field, you're not, you're you're not, you're not getting there, you know, right. That goes through from the start of the fall season to, you know, the end of the spring season. And and what are you doing over the summer uh, to make yourself better? You know, how is that program doing? And again, in the fall, junior college season play 20 games. We can play 20 games against outside competition. Four-year schools can't do that. Four-year schools will opt to play some of their spring games in the fall against external competition. And and we have a lot of junior colleges who play division one schools in the fall as those competition games, because they use it as recruiting. Um, But we can play 20 outside games in the fall. And so when you think about that exposure, a lot of four-year schools and a lot of pro scouts are at those fall games because they've heard about the young man coming out of high school that signed with such and such NJCA team. And so they get a chance to go in and see them Right away in the fall, as uh, the major league baseball seasons are ultimately winding down, but they're coming off of summer seasons and heading right into their their fall semesters.
0: You know, I I, I just just being in and around the game for so long, I you know, I I, I hear I hear uh, at times, um, well, I'd be good with redshirting. I'd be good with um, you know sitting for two years and then getting my opportunity to play you know my junior year maybe. And, and it's never made sense to me where here's what I do know about the game of baseball and, and and help help me out with this. But if you're not playing, you're not going to be happy. You're a different person walking around campus. You're not going to be confident. Your self-esteem goes down. Uh, you doubt yourself. You think about quitting. Um, that's like when, when I think about someone saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, and not that redshirting is bad in every situation, but, um, not playing year one or not having the opportunity to impact and be a part of the team, man, that's, that, that is really detrimental at times to to, to a player's psyche. Uh, what yeah, are you if, about- if
1: you're, if you're a go-getter, you know, you, you, you want to be there. Not being there is a, a huge detriment to, to somebody's, like you said, psyche, yeah. their, their, their mental stability, their, their, their desire that, that, okay, I'm working hard and I want to be an impact player. Um, You know, so again, at this level, it's, yeah, that day's today. You, we're putting you on the lineup, and you better get it done. And uh, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bet our coaching careers on 18-, 19 year nineteen-year-old success. And, <laughs> yeah, I got, a, yeah. I got a lot of gray hair, and uh, yep. that came yep. from trying to do that years ago. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's 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 stay on that topic, and and let's just talk in general. Um, you know, with your experience in the game and coaching, and and just just knowing what you know. What are some key factors that you think all recruits, all high school baseball players should consider when they're deciding on a college home? It,
1: it, no option is, is marked off initially. Again, okay. evaluate every option. After you evaluate it, if you know it's not right for you, then mark it off. But so often I see young men, young women, yeah. I'm not even going to consider that. And guess where they end up? There. That's and right. if they'd have considered that to start with, they were at least educated on it, and they were able to compare things truthfully from the start versus saying, "No, I'm not going there." Well, if if you say you're not going there, that that better be the truth. You you, you better not even consider it. It should just not be. But we often see, "Well, I'm not going there," and then they end up. Oh, that's this was where you know where I am. Yeah. Um, so keep your options open. Be honest with yourself. You know when you look in the mirror. What's reality? You know, what is it that I want to do academically, athletically? Where are my physical abilities right now? Where are my finances right now? What are some of the things that I need to to evaluate? But don't mark it off before you ever get started. Keep the options open, because once you close that door, uh, it's hard to get back to uh, the beginning trade of here we are. But now I've got to accept this versus Wow, I really needed to evaluate this to start with versus just scratching it off the board.
0: I, I always, I always feel like the the that whenever I talk with with the high school kids, I feel like there's three things that really, um, that really matter the key factors. And I always say, hey, um, who you play for, who you play with, who you play against. And when I in that third one, who you play against, are you playing? Are you playing? Are you playing? And are you playing against good competition? Do you? What what makes what's gonna make a kid what's gonna make an eighteen year old kid happy as a freshman in college? What would you estimate that to be?
1: Um, yeah. Happy, uh, I mean, pl- playing time always makes somebody happy. Yeah. Um, but uh, having a having a college environment where you're a part of the team always believe that's the core component. So if you feel like you're a part of something special, your your team may be five and twenty five, but if you feel like you're a part of something special and you're motivated by your teammates, like you said, you're motivated by your coach, then those are life lessons and life achievements that nobody can take from you and yeah. you're grinding through it. Because again, you can go five and twenty five. You got playing time, you got experience, but you feel like you're a part of something. The next year all of a sudden you go 20 and 20 and 10 you know, you're a part of that success. And when you look at the holistic view, and a lot of times young men and young women, they can't see that till 10, 15 years down the road. But those experiences are what truly shaped them and formed them into successful adults, successful business people, successful, you know, students in the long run. So so understanding that um, perspective, not necessarily, I don't want to say accepting it, but just having a philosophical understanding that, that this happening for a reason, I think, is a critical aspect.
0: Yeah, man, that's, that is good stuff. Um, I want to kind of go back. You, you, you talked about the, the 24 scholarships for the NJCAA Division I schools. So I really want you to kind of um, just talk about like the, 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 the money that is available. So talk about the scholarship and financial assistance opportunities um, that are available at, at that level.
1: Yeah, so D1, you can give 24 full rides, meaning they can pay for everything that you have. Amazing. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's strong. At the Division two level, they can give you 24 scholarships that pay for books and tuition. Then uh, D3, they're not going to give you any athletic aid. But again, based on the, the tuition, let's call it a rough average of total. I think our numbers show a total out-of-pocket expense with living is roughly $15,000. So if, if, if you go away, to, if you go to a D1 junior college with, with dorms, uh, they, they pay for everything. You have put $30,000 in your pocket um, and you've got only two years left to pay for college if you transfer. Um, D2 level, what they do is, you know, they look at well, we can pay for the, the tuition and books. What else are you eligible for? You're a student. So you have to be a general student uh, eligible for other things. So maybe you get additional federal aid, you get additional state aid. All of a sudden, again, you're walking away with no out of pocket cost. Um, yeah. But even if even if you look at it and say, well, I got this, I'm left with five thousand dollars a year to pay uh, for the first two years of, of my college education. That's pretty good because you're not getting that at a D1 school unless you're the guy, you know, and, you know, what do you make of that? What do what are you investing back into that Juco Bandit mentality? What are you investing in those two years in yourself? Yeah. to make sure you get a bigger scholarship at the four-year level. So it's, it's, it's all of those dynamics when you look at the finances of, of where, where you're going. And again, this day and age, we have a lot of young men and women who come out of high school, a lot of dual credits. So it may be that they only need one year of mm. NJCAA to play and then graduate. Sure. And so if they're, if they're strong enough student, strong enough athlete, uh, they're moving on after one year and, and have three years to to play at the NCAA D1, D2, D3, NAIA level, um, you know, post-NJCAA experience. So it's kind of all over the board, but facing the the real truth in the ROI on higher education, you won't find one that has a higher ROI on the first two years of college education than your, than your local two-year college.
0: Man, I love that. That should be on your guys' banner. I'm like, I'm serious. Like, you got that should be like your slogan for the NJCA. Cause I'm sitting here thinking this. I'm, 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 I am, I'm thinking when you, we talk about recruiting and we try to help kids the right way. It's, I'm thinking the kid that doesn't know what he wants to major in. The kid that isn't quite where he, where he um, doesn't, doesn't, maybe doesn't, he's not sure if, if he wants to go to a four year, he wants to get drafted. Um, Why why is attending like paint the picture of the kid that uh, junior college would
1: be a great option for? So we we look at it a number of different ways. We look at the academic aspect. Does a student have no idea what he or she wants to do? okay, the the first two years of classes are pretty much identical at a four year and two year school. You're going to figure that out. So you, you take those classes. Then we do have students who academically have struggled through high school. And so at the two year level, we have a lot of remedial courses. So you come in, we prepare you to be a successful student and we get you academically prepared for the long term goal. So those are the two academic pieces that are critical to success. Then we have the students who, again, they're battling. Do I want to be do I want to go to a four year school for three years, knowing that I can get drafted now? It's only a 20 round draft. If I can get drafted in the 19th round out of junior college in the first year, or do I want to wait three years? Do I get hurt? What happens, et cetera, et cetera. And those kids come in and say, well, I want to play one or two years. Uh, we still get a lot of kids. They may get drafted in, the, let's say, the 18th round in year one. They decide to come back because they know their stock is continuing to rise and they're a 10th round draft pick now. Yep. So we have we have that student. Then we have the, the physical – uh, ability student. When I'm when I'm talking about physical ability, I'm talking about it's still developing. Their body's still growing. Yeah. Their their arm strength is you know exists. You can see that it's there, but it's not to where the the D ones want it to be right now. And they come in and, and they work hard. They have that JUCO Bandit mentality. They get in the weight room and all of a sudden you know they were throwing eighty eight with a with a good curveball. They're now ninety three with with a better curveball. And that physical ability to to grow and mature while still playing, not red charting and sitting on the bench, hoping you get yeah, there. Really but we're great. still pre- we're still perfecting your skill while you're getting stronger, bigger, faster, etc., uh, physically to be there. All of those options are on the table um, at the junior college. And again, that's why we kind of use the slogan, you know. Opportunity start here. And again, I named Mike Piazza earlier. You know, most people know the story on Mike Piazza. You know, he was the very last draft pick back when it was a 50 round uh, draft and 61st round back then. 61st. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's 60, <laughs> the last pick of the 61st round because he was Tommy Lasorda's godson, you yep. know, as a favor. And today he is the all time offensive catcher. Uh, in the history of baseball, and he played at Miami-Dade Community College, and that's where he was when he was drafted. And, you know, you can use those and you say, oh, wow. But, again, if you saw baseball, and especially in southern states of of Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana, and January the 24th rolls around, and they're rolling out a guy throwing 96 the first day, and that's your first game of the year. You're like, you're like. Wait a minute! It's going to be a long season. Yep, yep. And don't get me wrong. You, you go to places like Wabash Valley and, and 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 Iowa Western, other places in the Midwest and Kansas. They have those same guys. They just yep. chose to stay at home uh, and and be there. Uh, there. There's a young man up in Northern Essex that uh, I hadn't really heard about till I went up there, and I think he's sitting about 95 at a D3 oh D3 school in Kansas. Uh, really? And uh, I'm really excited to see what he does uh, this spring. And, you know, it's the model that people have to understand, D1, D2, and D3. For the NJCAA, it's a much about regional location. So the Northeast is dominated by D3 schools. That's just yep. the way they're set up. That doesn't mean that the, the baseball is less or the academics is less. It's just the way that it's set up and how – the, the school has decided to to run their programs. And, you know, again, we, we kind of talk about it, and young man from Sullivan Community College was with a D3 basketball program forever. I mean, he just chose to stay home and he ends up in the NBA, you know. That's so right. that, that understanding of it's not a less, it's, it's, it's the opportunity that it presents itself at the time is where you should go
0: you know some of the best advice i ever got dr parker was from a, one of my coaches name is benny castillo he's he runs a facility down in in miami he's in in he was a manager in a bunch of the uh, marlins a uh, couple other organizations and the best advice he ever gave me i remember was my freshman year of college and he said ross as long as you're playing you're you're not sitting you're playing you have a chance because we were talking about goals and i was like man I want to get drafted I want to be in the big league someday and and he, it was so simple he said then you've got to be playing make mm-hmm. sure you're somewhere where you can play it, uh, some of the best advice most simple advice I ever got um I want to I want to I want to let's let's if you're if you're good with two or three more questions uh, Dr Parker mm-hmm. uh, I really do appreciate this time and and just excellent information um I want to go back to the transfer portal and, and I want you to really break it down on how this is really working right now like what parents and kids need to know but how is the transfer portal affected junior colleges uh, njcaa programs and just what are your
1: thoughts like what advice do you have for parents and kids to consider when it comes to the portal it, it's definitely delayed the recruiting process for us and, and what i mean by delayed is those last few roster spots you know they you know we used to get there used to be obviously the rules that said you had – if you if you played D1, you had to sit out a year before you could transfer another D1. Yeah. So those individuals automatically pretty much came back to the junior college to keep playing without sitting out. That rule doesn't exist anymore. So now you, you take that 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 pool of, of students, and there's way more students in the transfer portal than there are roster spots ultimately in, in various sports. Um, so our coaches aren't as much – recruiting those individuals who are potentially leaving those D ones because they know they're hopping into the transfer portal mm-hmm. where they would yeah. have recruited them right then and there. they start, they start getting the calls after they've sat in the transfer portal for a longer period of time and nobody's called them up and said, here's, here's why I want you, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, so they're getting more of those calls later in the process. Um, so, our schools are focusing more on the top level high school kids to really, you know, fill their rosters early. So they have their set roster. They can, they can, they know who they're going to have and who they're going to work with for that upcoming season. And they're investing more time and energy uh, on those top high school student athletes. Um, The transfer portal in general, like I said, it's just kind of a, it's a beast of its own. Um, yeah. You know, what, what's going to happen in the future? I don't, my crystal ball has been broken for a while. Um, but uh, when it comes to reality, the reality is that uh, those individuals who, who automatically were coming out of D1 back to the NJCA level are now going to the transfer portal and they're sitting and they're waiting. And, you know, our coaches can't necessarily just keep waiting on them. So they're recruiting more and more of the, the high school kids to make sure they fill their rosters. If they, uh if those those young men end up calling later they certainly give them a, a good hard look and, and try to find a place for them to uh, to fit but uh the heavy work is now more on the, the high school end
0: yeah man it's i i know you won't you won't say it because you're a big dog and i'm not but um man the transfer portal i feel like it's just ugh, it's so i i number one i'm sick and tired of hearing those stupid words transfer portal transfer portal because we always got to talk about it but i just feel like let's, tr- let's, something's got to be done. Let's try to, um, let's tr- the game is such a beautiful game at all the different levels. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's corrupting that, but that, uh, that, those are, those are, those are my, my, uh, my, uh, my opinion. So, um, all right, coach, or, uh, Dr. Parker, here, here's what I, I, I want, I want you to be specific. I'm Ross Holly. I'm a junior in, in, in high school. Uh, and I'm, I don't know what the heck to do with recruiting. What recruiting advice do you have for high school baseball players looking to play in college?
1: Number one, get some video. The first thing you've got to have is video because coaches want to see you. And there are different recruiting uh, budgets all over, but the sending of a video uh, will get their interest wherever they may be. Have video, have your stats, but video is the most important. They, They want to see the tools. They want to see it in action. They want to see what it is. You, you you better have a confident but not cocky mentality. Confident meaning that you know you're confident in your skills, you're confident in your abilities, but but you're not arrogant. You're, you're not over the top. And then when when coaches are there, when I was coaching, if if you didn't run a ball out to first base, mm. I didn't really care how good you were. I was pretty much gonna gonna write you off because I want people who are gonna work hard. I want people who understand that baseball is 70% failure. Yep. It is 70% failure as a hitter. If you can hit 300, you'll go to the Hall of Fame in the big <laughs> leagues.
0: Frustrating.
1: 70, 70% failure. How do you handle failure? What do you do? What is your body language? When, when you're, when you're, when you're on the mound, you strike out a guy. Is it the same body language as if you give up a hit? What, what what does the body language look like what does the body language tell me as a coach about you as a person because i'm reading your body language i don't even need to hear what's coming out of your mouth but i can read your body language your body language is going to tell me everything i need to know about your fiery competitiveness or your debbie downerness or any other emotions that you may have uh when something good happens or when, when a mistake happens but 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 get involved, you know, find a way to to get your videos, you know, share that you you have to be you have to be seen in this day and age. There is no reason for a coach to say they can't see you. And that doesn't mean they have to show up at your field, at your game, because all the technology exists to be able to showcase your talents and your abilities. Uh, And then on the other flip side, you know, you don't have to know what you want to do for a living um, going in. But, but find a school, find an opportunity that is going to, again, like we talked about, allow you to play, yeah. allow you to be happy. You know, you don't want to spend four years of your life unhappy. You know, again, even if you're, you know, a, a quote-unquote role player in certain things, you know, you've got to be happy. you got to be understanding. But, but the push and the drive to be better can only really come from within with a coach behind you kicking you in the butt. They can only kick you in the butt so many times before you're either off to the races or you kind of roll over. So that's that's really what I would say to to any young man or woman who is kind of looking in the recruiting space is you know there's no reason for somebody not to not to see you for you not to have a video or, or, or stuff, but get it done.
0: Awesome.
1: Awesome. All right. Last question, Dr.
0: Parker. Parents. What advice do you have for
1: these parents uh, when it comes to the college recruiting process and their kids? So this is a this is a unique one because um, I, I wear a lot of hats. I'm, I'm a parent as well, and uh, my daughter's a volleyball player, and you uh, know, kind of starting that whole recruiting process. And the the first thing is don't close off, don't say no to anything before you evaluate it. Okay. And 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 that's for me as a parent, and me as a former coach, and and me in this role is. Evaluate your options. Understand that reality may be different than a dream, and it doesn't mean you don't dream big. But when it all comes down to it, be realistic in your son's or daughter's ability. Um, compare that to what uh, you would see. Find a coach that you can trust. You know, you you you're handing off your 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 loved one, your young. 18-year-old child to somebody for either two years or four years or whatever it may be, you want to be able to trust that coach. You want to be able to know that their integrity is the same that you would expect of yourself, that they're going to push um, your, your, your your young one to be better in all aspects of life, not just on the field. Um, but their, their time and value is important to your child, to them, as it is to yourself. So really, you know, look for those qualities in a coach when, when you, when you kind of say, Oh, they're going to be harsh on my kid. Is that what your child really needs? Cause it may be what your child really needs to be the best that they can be. Um, so don't, but don't shy away from, you know, the realistic expectations. Awesome. Awesome.
0: I'm, I want to ask one more. I want to ask a fun question just cause I'm curious, man, cause you're a baseball guy. What, what, what's your favorite baseball
1: memory of all time? Gosh, give me something um, that to mind. So, as a young kid, um, my dad would take me out into the yard. I grew up on a tobacco farm. So, you know, I grew up on a farm. um, But my dad would take me out into the yard almost every day and throw me short hops, just short hop after short hop after short hop. And that's where I became a really, really, really good defensive player. I was an excellent defensive player, average at best, Offensive player, most of my uh, most of my career, most of my livelihood. But you know, at this point in my life, when you think back and you kind of think you can't trade those memories for anything. When it comes to actually playing, um, this this is this is a funny one. It involves the NBC World Series, and you'll have yeah. to you'll have to uh, <laughs> excuse my my French a Thanks. little bit here. Um, so. Pardon the uh, the take, but we were actually opening up uh, against the Chinese Taipei in the international game, Ooh. and I was playing second base. And uh, you know the the leadoff batter, his name was num- his name was Yo Me. Okay. And the announcer, every time he came to the plate, he'd say, "Now batting number five, you shouldn't me." And it's <laughs> like, and I'm like. The first he is leading off the game. Oh. The first play, the first what, the third or fourth pitch, he hits a full hopper up the middle. I field it routinely. Throw it to first base. He's already through the bag before the ball gets there. You said, and and I'm literally like, okay. His name really is. You shouldn't. <laughs>
0: That's so good.
1: I've, I've never seen a guy run that fast. So that, that is that awesome, a man. That's a really good.
0: Field. Oh, that's awesome, man! I love that. So um, yeah, I mean,
1: it's it's. I mean, like I said, I can. It's weird. My wife can tell me something yesterday, and I won't remember it. But you asked me what happened in this game in 1992 at this time. I can crazy. tell you exact. I can tell you exactly what happened and and why the decision was made and what should have been made. So, what did being a baseball player mean? A mean to your life? Uh, everything. That that was my identity. That was who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I often tell people I, I if, if I was betting on my skills, I was a better basketball player than I was baseball player. Wow. But I loved baseball. I still do. I don't you you I don't know if you can see everything around my office yeah, here, but it's uh, it's all it's all baseball. I mean, I, I live in I live oh. in Daquipa. J- j- this is my stress ball right here Heck it yeah just, man it just,
0: same it just,
1: it just hangs out with me all day every day and uh I love that i can uh i can correlate anything to the to the game of baseball but yeah my, my identity i mean again baseball there you go you know, yeah you know in my 40s and still wearing a, a baseball band around you know it's it, it truly has been much of my identity from for most of my life yeah. and uh, I'm passionate about it. And, and when I got to serve as an associate scout, for both the Braves and the Red Sox, I mean, that was things that never dreamed about, you know, years ago. But then all of a sudden it becomes a reality. I remember getting the contract in the mail. I was like, you're signing with the Atlanta Braves, for X, Y, And I'm like, wow, that's that's real. Like, holy crap. I should hold oh, on to
0: this. Jeez, man. And And I'm like, that's why it's so important for these kids to there's so, so many of them that, that are so close to it and just that little extra push, get there, be happy because man, the game will, will change your life. It will change. It'll set your path. You know, I know it did for me. So man, you have been awesome, Dr. Parker. I really, really appreciate that, um, that you took this time. I know you're a busy man. So, uh, and I'm glad we got to connect. I think it was six years ago and, but we didn't get to do all this, all this video conferencing now is, 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 is the way to do it. So. New, game,
1: new game. And uh, i tell anybody, follow me on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter at NJCAA underscore exec. Um, I post stuff about the NJCAA all the time. Just last night, I posted two videos because two basketball games were going on. And they were showing Duco guys in the NBA and they were showing different stuff. And I'm like, yep, that's that's who we are. And the more we share that story, mm. the more people realize it.
0: That's why you're in that position, man. If You have the passion for for sports and, and, and young athletes um i love it man you you're doing hey you were doing a fantastic job i didn't know that you guys moved to charlotte uh you guys were in the springs uh but you moved to charlotte so uh that's pretty cool well hey i appreciate you very much uh taking the time and uh we will we will get this out and and uh thank you thank you thank you for your time okay
1: absolutely have a great day and wish everybody the best in their recruiting process
0: all right dr parker see
1: you man take care all right
0: Again, I want to thank Dr. Christopher Parker for taking some time to talk with us today. Go give him a follow on X at NJCAA underscore exec. And for more information on NJCAA Baseball, follow them on X at NJCAA Baseball or visit NJCAA.org. I'm your host, Ross Hawley. And on behalf of the Showcase in College Baseball, I want to thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Showcase in College Baseball group page on Facebook or visit us at collegerecruitprep.com for more of our podcasts and content. We will see you next time.